Hello and welcome to the Reference Point Podcast. Wait, 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 Give, wait a second. You're not Paulo. I'm not Paulo. That's some neat trick, that sense of yours. <laughs> Paolo's on sabbatical, honey. And by sabbatical, I mean he actually went to go watch the Batman. That's why he couldn't be here today, unfortunately. Um, something to know about him. Paolo also uh, has a horrible sense of direction, right? Uh, so upon leaving the theater, he asked us for advice on a shortcut on how to get home. And we said, no matter what you do, do not take a shortcut through Crime Alley. Do not do it. It's not worth it. Long story short, uh, it's been a few days and your parents are uh, really starting to get worried. That, that I'm, I'm sure he's fine. I wouldn't sweat. Anyway, of course. So my name is Matthew and I'm joined by my other fantastic co-host, Eric Sella. Anthony, <laughs> the brother of our former host, Paolo. He will be missed. Today... We are so excited to be having our very first guest on the show. Specifically, this is going to be our show on Matt Reeves' new flick, The Batman, which is taking over the world by bat swarm right now. Honestly, the Reference Point podcast um, could not be happier. Our crew could not be happier with the person who has agreed to come on and talk with us today. You may know him as a host on Show 97.7. He is a man who has also been a heavy hitter in the music scene for over two decades now. You may have also heard his vocals for the Montreal-based metal band Slave on, Slaves on Dope. But we're not done. He is also an entertainment correspondent for CTV National News and the spokesperson for Montreal Comic Con and Heavy Montreal. That's right. And you could also hear him on his own podcast, The Rockman Power Hour, with co-host Ryan Stick. Please, everyone, put your hands together for the one, the only, Jason Rockman. Oh, that's the best intro ever. Thank you, guys. Really? Thank you so much. I praise. You got you have so much going on. Uh, it was just like a real pleasure to even put that together like that. Jason yeah. is always so busy with them. We're missing a lot, too. So, uh, But honestly, uh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> so um, obviously, you know, it's always great uh, for uh, listeners and viewers to get to know uh, the guests coming on the show. But this is also the first time that we have really had a conversation, too. So uh, can you just like tell us a bit about yourself, maybe a little bit more in detail from the intro that we gave? What are your interests besides comics, which is predominantly what we talk about here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested in, I got a lot, I have a lot of interests. I, I, I mean, I'm, I, lo- I love music. Um, I love, I love comics. I love toys. Um, I, I'm really into, I'm into uh, street art. So like, like all behind me, there's like a bunch of Ron English stuff. Like I'm really into Ron English. Oh, yeah. just, you know, he's That's like awesome. art toys. I'm into, um, I'm into a lot of stuff. I mean, the sneakers, like I, I'm not a sneaker head though. I was, I was into sneakers before yeah. the terms I was into sneakers before people were sneaker heads. So, <laughs> I mean, so, but I have a lot of interests, you know, um, I, I I'm really into movies, but like movies are, are my big passion, movies and music, pop culture in general, you know, I'm like, I like to call myself a bit of a pop culture aficionado or more i guess just a fan I'm, I'm a big fan primarily i'm a fan you know what i mean and and that's why you know when i look at you guys and look at your stuff behind you and, and I look at the stuff behind me and it's just yeah. it's passion you know what i mean and yeah. and i like passionate people so i just like connecting with people so i i i have a lot of interest but i think my main interest is human connections like i love connecting with people i love having passionate talks about stuff that i'm passionate about or i find out someone else's passion and see if we share it so yeah i mean i'm lucky because all the stuff i do doesn't feel like work None of the work that I do, I do feels like work, which is like kind of a win-win considering I'm a guy who never, you know, I never finished college. I, I, you know, barely got through high school. I think I got through high school because I cheated on my, math <laughs> <laughs> I, 
like I was just, I, 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 I was in the right place in the classroom to, to pass, you know, that horrible, um, grade 10, um, history, which was brutal. You know, oh, it's like the thing. Agreed. So I remember, yeah. I, was, and I love history on top of it. So, yeah, know, class, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And, and I, 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 so I'm, I'm considering what I, what I started with and where I'm at, I'm pretty happy with the life I have now, but I think a lot of it is just because I, I put my head down and I just worked hard, you know? Yeah. And that's when, you know, you've hit your dream job too. It's like when you get to work every day and it doesn't feel like work. No, it doesn't. It's all, we, it's all, and I'm lucky because I, I, I know a lot of people at the age that I'm at that she, you know, that are in places where they don't want to be. And, and I'm, I'm glad it never, you know, it was, it was tough. Sometimes I had to, I had to make some decisions that were, were not the easiest decisions to make, maybe walk away with a chance of making more money, but I would much rather be happy than make money. I mean, I to me, happiness, happiness is important. It's funny. Cause I have, I have two kids, 17 and 14. And a lot of their parents will tell them, well, you need a backup plan. You need this. And I'm like, I tell them you have two rules, uh, you know, be happy and don't hurt anyone. If you can do that, then you can do whatever you want. So yeah. there's not a single word that you said that we disagree with. Uh, exactly. <laughs> on, exactly. 100%. Yeah. We don't like hurting people here on the show. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad. Unless it's Paulo when he's when, taking, when he's here, taking shortcuts through crime alley. Anyway. Um, so. so we, before we spoke that you're on show and how'd you get started there? Like, yeah. Like what led you to show? Yeah. It's funny because I started out, my connection with Shom started when I was a kid because I was a big fan of Shom. Oh, cool. um, obviously That's I grew good. up on the radio. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on the radio station, you know, um, as far back as I can remember, I listened to Shom. It was my first, inf- you know, my first exposure to rock music was through Shom. Um, and then in the nineties, there was, con- they used to have this talent contest called the Shom Esprit and they would find, you know, the best bands in the city and you would win the Shom Esprit contest. And if you won it, you would get studio time. You would sometimes get flown to Canadian music week. And it was like a nice launch for a band. And uh, my band um, slaves on dope won the show Miss Brie contest, I think in 1994. So that was my first real connection with the, with the station on a more level than just as a fan. Um, and one of the, um, the jocks who, who spearheaded that whole competition was his name was too tall. Who's retired now um, too tall. And I were, were, we became friends and, as we progressed with music and as we would go off and, you know, we went off and did some pretty cool things. We always would keep in touch with Tutal and let him know how we're doing. And, and he was always really proud of us. And I, there was a time where I, when I came back and, and I had my son, I decided not to tour anymore. And I kind of left the band for, a, we wanted a bit of a hiatus for about four or five years. And um, during that time, I did a bit of soul searching and, and tried other jobs and things I didn't like doing. And uh, I got an opportunity. I, someone said they're looking for an, an overnight host at Virgin, you should do a demo. And I was recording a new Slaves on Dope album with my guitar player. And, and I was like, hey, you know, I should just do this funny demo. And I did a goofy demo. Um, I sent it in to this guy named Patrick Charles, who used to work at Virgin. And he listened to it. And he was like, man, this is much more of a Shom demo. I'm going to give it to Shom. So I ended up getting a call from Shom. And they were like, hey, we heard your demo. Would you want to come in and do uh, like an audition read through? And I did. And a few days later, they called me and they offered me uh, a part-time job, three nights a week, doing overnights, midnight to five thirty. Uh, Thursdays, fr- thir- no, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Thursday into Friday, Friday into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday, overnight. So I did that for <laughs> a few. Uh, it was brutal. I yeah. did that for a few months, <laughs> okay. and I had a job full. T- I was working with my dad at the time, who had a trucking company, and I was dispatching like ten trucks. So I was a dispatcher for a trucking company, and I was doing that. So. 
after three months, they offered me a full-time position and I took it. And after a year, I left my dad's and went into radio full-time, like really full-time. So I fell into it. And, and it's really, it's strange because a lot of people will, you know, work at a radio station in promotions and then like work as a board operator and just work their way up to get that chance to just turn the mic on. And I kind of walked into it, which I was very lucky, you know, but I look at it as I paid my dues on stage for so many years with my band that I kind of knew what I was doing. And, um, I, yeah, man, I just, I lucked out. I lucked out and it's the best fucking job. Ever. Can I swear here? Yeah. Yeah. We don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I won't go crazy with it, you know, <laughs> but, but it's the best, it's, it's the, it's the best job that I've, uh, that I could imagine, you know, having, it's just, it's an amazing job because I get to talk about music every night and I work at a station I grew up listening to. So for me, it's, you know, I'm not, a, am not, I've become a radio guy, but I'm not a radio guy where like, you know, you get these radio guys that they want a gig so bad. So they'll go to like Moose Jaw and work there for, you know, like be the morning man in Moose Jaw. Like that's not happening for me. If it doesn't work at show anymore, I'll do something different, but I love the fact that I work at show and I, and I, and I love the fact that I can help bands out. That's the thing for me. The most important job at show is being able to open the door for up and coming bands. Well, speaking of bands, uh, it's my understanding that you would also go on like tour with some some pretty pretty big artists uh, back in the day as well. As, as yeah, yeah, yeah. We so yeah. when Slaves on Dope was running, we were you know we were really active for about eleven or twelve years, really active, like touring all the time. And we ended up moving to Los Angeles, got a record deal. Um, we signed to Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne's record label, um, and we toured with everybody. We'd would have wanted to have toured with. I mean, we toured with Pantera, we toured with Ozzy, we toured with Queens of the Stone Age, we toured, I mean, we toured with a lot of really, really cool bands and and it was awesome. But, you know, it's it's like anything, man. We did it and that time passed and and I'm really glad that, I mean, I, I still love music and I love being on the other side and helping bands. I love the fact that, you know, I can see a band that's young and hungry and, and I've been there before and I can understand. And if I can be that guy at the radio station that gets their stuff played, then I've done my job. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's for sure. That's awesome, man. We, we also know that you're a spokesperson for various like Comic Cons and whatnot. Can you like elaborate on what exactly you do for them and how it works? Because we love cons, man. We, we go to Montreal Comic Con. Yeah. Fan Expo in Toronto, yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. So my first experiences with Comic Cons were Fan Expo. And, and it's funny because awesome. you got to understand, I did, when I did music, all I did for 11 years was music. Like I had tunnel vision. All I wanted to do was make it with my band. So I didn't really get to live life and do all these fun things that people get to do because I was always on the road. I was always touring. Um, you know, maybe I would catch a movie if I could in the theater, but I didn't get to go to concerts unless it was like, you know, I got to go to some cool shows if we were on the bill or if we had a night off and someone was playing, but I was on the road, you know, sometimes 250 shows a year. So we were always playing. And what ended up happening was um, I, when I first quit the band and I came back, I was having my son and it was 2004 and I was hanging out at this local comic shop um, that was in LaSalle and uh, Villemart actually near where I was working at the time. And I just got friendly with these guys and I saw this flyer for fan expo. So I went with the guys one year and helped them set up and drove, drove and, and I loved it. I mean, it was like the best experience ever. So for a few years, I went to fan expo every year and I just thought this was the coolest thing ever. And I was always like, man, I wish we had a show like this in Montreal. And the first year that they announced Comic-Con in Montreal, I was freelancing for a newspaper. Um, it used to be a newspaper called Hour Magazine. It was like a free local uh, entertainment magazine. And what year was I that? asked them, I, what's that? What year was that? I believe it was 2006. Okay, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's pretty late. Uh, it's, to the, it's, it's, considering, yeah. yeah, so the first year that Comic-Con, Montreal Comic-Con had, had guests, mm -hmm. which was at Place Bonaventure, it was Lou Ferrigno, 
the honky tonk man, the wrestler and uh, Jeremy yeah. Bullock who played Boba Fett. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I did for the paper I was freelancing for, I said, do you mind if I go do a story on this convention? And they're like, for sure. I ended up meeting Oscar, um, Alex and his wife, Liz, who are the founders of the show. And um, we started chatting and, and I wrote the article and I ended up taking those, the three guests out for dinner. And it just, it was just like a real cool vibe. So the next year um, I, I got by the next year I was working a show and then I was like, Hey man, this is like, this would be a great way to maybe we could do something together. So for a few years I helped out, but I didn't really have a, a title. You know, it was like I'm a media coordinator and like, it was just like whatever. And then after a few years, it was like, they were like, look, we want to pay you to, to really work for us. And I was like, I don't want to take any money. I just want to have this show be there for when my kids get older, that there's a show for them to go to, that they don't have to drive to Toronto. And we ended up sticking together for because 12 years now, 13 years. And I helped grow the show and, and the show went from, you know, we went from like 800 people, thousand people till now we get like 60,000. So, and then as they started getting more shows, I, became the spokesperson for, you know, for Ottawa, for Winnipeg, for Calgary, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Montreal, and um, Quebec city. So I do, you know, and, and basically what I do for them is I'll do, I'll do two things. I'll help promote the show leading up to it. So, you know, if there's videos to do and, and I'm basically a mouthpiece for hire, you know, I, 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 I I'll, but I'll, but what's good about it is that I promote the show because I, I understand it and I'm able to go talk to media about the show and have somebody who doesn't know what a Comic-Con is, explain it to them in a language they'll understand and have them be interested to come in. And then once the show's happening, I'll do some interviews on site. I'll host panels. So I'm kind of the spokesperson for those shows, which That's again fun. is like fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fun. It's well, like, and, and I got to see my kids grow up around the shows and, and it's just, it's just fun. Well, speaking of fun, like at least from my point of view, when I'm actually at a comic book convention, I tend to always just keep my head down and I'm always hunting for deals in these sure. boxes and short boxes. You know? so I, I yeah. So I don't really interact with the, the whole atmosphere as much as I would like while you're at cons. Like, do you have the chance to do that? Do you have the opportunity to really like dive deep? So I have, I, I, I have a system now that, um, and it, it's funny cause I'm looking at like, I'm looking right in front of me is a bunch of stuff that I found. Like I found uh, the Kenny powers pop from eastbound oh. and down at, no at, yeah i found that at quebec comic-con and i remember what so usually my pattern is in the morning before the doors open i'll i'll go through the dealer room and look and see if there's anything i really like and then once the show opens forget about the first couple of days like the friday and saturday mornings usually are slammed with media requests and you know like cbc shows up so they're like hey so I, i'll do something with them so i'm doing all that kind of stuff but it's usually the sunday Okay. Um, but I'll always scan and look and, and, you know, I always, every year I buy something, um, you know, there's always stuff that I'll buy or, or I'll be looking for, or it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the best weekend, man. It's it, comic cons yeah, are the best sure. weekend. Like going to shows anywhere. I mean, I love going to shows all over if I can, like I'm going to San Diego this year, um, for the oh, second time. Really so yeah. yeah. I just, I'm, I'm going to LA from July 21st to the 26th. And, uh, I just so happen to be, it's the weekend that San Diego is happening. So I'm like, I can't be two and a half hours away and not go. So yeah. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for a day just to, you know, Friday night, Saturday, just to be able to go. But yeah, I mean, I love the atmosphere. It's just, it's just filled with passion. There's so much energy from, from everybody that, you know, just loves that stuff. So yeah, sure. Do you help uh, get the guests into Comic-Con? Like you help secure some guests or? Really? No, I'm, I'm not part of the programming department, but my, so my wife is our, our, uh, um, our uh, coordinate, like our, she's basically our communications coordinator for all of our shows. And so I hear when guests are going to come 
like oh. I'll she'll she'll be like, oh, so and so is we're, we're negotiating with them, and I'll, so I'll, I'll hear stuff early, and I'm like, oh, it's so hard to keep the secret, but can't talk about but, that. Um, you get but, the but, but you can't say. <laughs> well, yeah, but but what happens a lot of the times, you know, like I'll get a call from Oscar, or I'll get a call from Cliff, who's our our um, our. Uh, director of program, you know, director, director of programming stuff. And, and they'll be like, Hey, what do you think of this person? So I'll, I'll, I'll be asked for my input sometimes, but it's funny how, you know, they'll ask me about an anime guest and I'm like, I don't know fucking clue. Like, I don't know, but then I'll ask my, <laughs> then I'll ask my kids and my kids will know, you know, yeah. but then I'll get excited about Carl Weathers coming because like I'm oh, old yes. and, and you know, like I like when those kind of guests come, those older guests that, you know, that touched on my childhood, but it's uh yeah, no, I mean, I I've been asked in the past and, and I've given my opinion a few times for sure. Definitely. But I mean, it's always fun when, when we announce like we're doing, our, we have some stuff coming in April, like, like announcements and stuff. And, and we're excited because this is gonna be our first edition back, like full so edition. Kind of, yeah. Cause yeah. we, obviously we, we missed out on, on that as well for Fan Expo, but even when we go to Fan Expo, we usually always have to skip out on the Sunday just based yeah. on our schedule. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to, Maybe, you know, yeah. stick around on the Sundays because I also feel like that's when dealers are like, okay, I really got to unload some stuff. <laughs> yes, Let's you're be- definitely going to get yeah. whatever's, you know, whatever's there. See, it's always good to get into a dealer room early if you're really looking for something yeah. before anybody grabs it or if you're looking for something that's sitting and nobody really cares about which yeah. a lot of the time like the Kenny Powers pop like yeah. no one cared about that in Quebec City but when I saw that and I think it started at I think he wanted 40 bucks and by the time Sunday came it was like 25 so I was like all right I'm glad I waited so yeah. and now it's worth 4000 <laughs> yeah. no not not really it's probably worth nothing but to me the fact that there's a, a Kenny Powers pop like Kenny Powers is my he's my spirit animal. He says everything I don't I, I he love says everything. Down, and down so that means a lot to me too. Don't worry. <laughs> oh man, he says everything I can. So it's great. Exactly. <laughs> so Anthony always wants to ask this question for yeah, the future. Sure. We have guests on. I personally hate this question because it's an impossible question for me. It's a hard okay. one. But go ahead, Anthony. Uh, let I'm gonna ask top five comic book movies. And they don't top have five to be, comic yeah, book movies superhero yeah. related. They could just be movies that were based on a comic book. Yeah, but like in no particular yeah. order, if you want. I mean, uh, dude, that's so hard, especially now. I mean, there's so many. Well, listen, I gotta say, Batman's up there. It's really good. Yeah, the new good. Batman is just amazing. Um, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, the first two Superman movies, the original ones with Christopher Reeve, those are like always going to be special to me. Um, Avengers Endgame is incredible. No, Winter, I have to pick a favorite that would probably be mine. Yeah, it's up there. Um, Winter Soldier is just in fucking incredible. Um, Perfect film I love Civil War just as much as well. Yeah. I love yeah, War. yeah. I mean, it's hard. That's a hard, that's tough. Uh, I really, really, I, you know, it's funny. I like, I did not like Eternals. I, I, I bought Wait, it. Can, I, did you guys like it? Listen, I enjoyed it. We, I, I think I have to, I, I think I have to, yeah. I think I have to re- I think I have to rewatch it. You do. I, I definitely recommend, and you know what? I need to rewatch it as well. Maybe on my second viewing, I won't like it as much, but I felt like uh, it was, it definitely got way more flack than I think it deserved. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. really think it's a solid uh, MCU film. I mean, I Joker, I, I, I love Joker. I love the Batman. I love that. Um, and that's, it's really tough though. I mean, there's been so many There were like what, 24 Marvel movies, you know? Yeah. Um, literally. Plus all the shows. Now too. the shows incoming. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, same. I mean, you know, I think a Kickass was Kickass was a really good movie. Yeah, um, Kickass. You know, wa- wa- Watchmen was really really good. Um, it's way ahead of its time, so that's yeah. tough. I mean, 
I, I guess I named like nine there, or seven. <laughs> but I think it's honestly, one of my, but super, but, but the second Superman, Superman two is, um, Superman yeah, it's one of my holy grails, man. I love that movie. Yeah. My, my, uncle and my dad, especially like they'll always tell me stories of like seeing star Wars and seeing Superman when they were kids, you know? Yeah. I, I, so that, that must've been really surreal. Yeah. I mean, seeing those movies in the theater, you know, as a kid, it's just like, it's, I think it's the nostalgia factor, but I've rewatched them and they, they hold up, you know, I, I think oh, so. They're great films. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. But honestly, the um, the Avengers movies are just they're they're at, they're, they're mind boggling. You know, they're so so good. I, I think my holy grail is Spider Man Two, two thousand four, Tom McGuire. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love those movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say probably like Into the Spider Verse has got to be top five for me. Like yeah. just it's films. It, yeah, incredible, incredible oh. movie. Like you know, incredible. One of the best Spider Man movies. You know, but I, I would say it is actually probably my favorite Spider Man. It's movie. that and Spider Man Two for me. They're, it's like a toss up. You know, that's yeah. Two. Um, I really love the first Amazing Spider Man. I know people are a bit lukewarm on that one, but uh, yeah, no yeah. Two is fantastic. Yeah, so. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of great movies. (laughs) There really is, and there's been stuff that's been done, um, you know, outside of the Marvel and the DC that's been really, really good too. You know, like stuff that's been based on other, you know. uh, But I, it's funny because I'm I'm watching Peacemaker and it's so good, and that's the other thing. Like the the last Suicide Squad movie was amazing. Yeah, one of my favorites too. Oh, good. So. I don't know. I think this is a great time to be a nerd. I mean, when I grew up, none of this stuff was possible. And if they did it, it looked hokey. So the yeah. fact that we can really do justice to those stories now, it's, uh, it's amazing. hundred yeah. um, percent. So to pivot a little bit towards Batman, I would say, uh, yeah. I want to know before diving deep into like a, a spoiler filled discussion on that movie. You know, you're looking forward to that. We are. Yeah. yeah. I want to know like what, incarnation of batman um doesn't matter the medium per se but like what iteration of the character was the one that kind of stuck closest to your heart as either as a kid or even now through adulthood like what's your who's your batman probably adam west just because that's what i grew up on you know i mean it's hokey now but the adam west batman it's what i grew up on was adam west and then I mean, the Michael Keaton Batman, I was 18 when it came out. So it was 89. I remember I I'd just gotten back from, I'd gone to Europe and I got back. Uh, it was June, it opened up in June. And I remember going to, um, going to see it in the theater and uh, it was amazing. I mean, Michael, Ke- the first Batman was great, but yeah, I think probably I would definitely say the, uh, the Adam West Batman, that was my Batman growing up for sure. Definitely as hokey as he was, but, and that Batmobile, I don't care all these other things that they do like that. The, the original, like the, the Adam West Batmobile, the 66 or 67, it's, it's the best. Nothing touches it. It's a uh, product of its time. I we, love saw, it. we saw it um, at Fan Expo, I believe, right? It was yeah, there one, so. one year. Yeah, it was it 2016. Was it the first year we went? I think so. Anyway, it's, yeah. cool it's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. That, that Batmobile is the best. That's my dream car. That and the car from Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, so about Batman, on your own podcast, you had an episode, uh, not an, an entire episode devoted to the Batman, but you definitely discussed it Yeah. Uh, in a, a non-spoiler way. Of course, I think you had yeah. seen it a couple of weeks before the movie was coming yeah. out, right? Yeah, I saw, I saw it really early, man. I saw the movie like because I was talking to Matt Reeves. So I got to talk to him, uh, I think a week after I saw the movie, but Warner, I went to a screening, there was like three people in the theater and I was just blown away i mean i and the worst part was i couldn't talk to anybody about it because you're under embargo right so i and people were just asking me how good was it i'm like you have no idea and that's all i would tell people but when i um i because a lot of times when you see stuff early you're so excited about it that you don't know if it's your excitement or if it's really like that good 
And it all, like, you know, when I walked out of Eternals, I hated it. And it's the first time I walked out of Marvel movie where I was like, that was just too much. Like it's, I'm done. And, but man, I walked out of that movie and I was like, this is really amazing. And as it got closer and closer and people started seeing it, I started seeing more reviews like that. And then when IGN gave it like a 10 on 10 and, and all these people like, um, what's it? Chris Stickman, Stuckman, Chris yeah. Stuckman, yeah. Chris Stuckman, who I really like, you know, my son turned me on to him yeah. and, um, and he started saying all the stuff about the movie that I liked. And I was like, okay, so it really is that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I, it, I was blown away when I first saw it. I, was, I couldn't believe it. And I'm going to see it a second time this Sunday. I, I already, already booked the VIP and all that. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Oh, my I wife had, hasn't seen it. I had seen, uh, we went on the, uh, the Wednesday, the fan first yeah. uh, screening. Yeah. Event. Yeah. Then we went again on Friday in IMAX. And then unfortunately, well, actually, you know what? I was thinking on this, that this was un- would be unfortunate. Turned out not to be unfortunate at all. I was dragged to see it a third time. Dude, within one week, nine hours of the Batman, it's like cr- it's like too much Batman. But you know what? Yeah. Seeing it again a second time in IMAX, yeah. I was expecting to be like, oh, this is, this is too much. Really, I was never, not once bored throughout the, the yeah, whole I mean, Yeah, I've I've done that in the past. I've seen movies three times in, in, in like a week. Cause I've been so excited about them. It happened to me with Blade, like the, the last Blade Runner 2049. I saw it three times. I loved it because I felt all, every time I went into the theater and it started with a bah, and you see the car, like yeah. that to me was like, I wanted to be in that universe and I didn't want to leave. So when I was there, I was like, I, I was like, I want to be here. I don't want to leave. So I want to just go back and see it again. And the other two, the other movie I saw three times in the theater, I remember was Goodfellas. When Goodfellas opened up, I, I saw three times. I saw three times in we and, and Casino too. The two of them, I saw them three times because I was just like, I, you know. But Batman, I'm looking forward to seeing again because it's been a while. And my my kids saw it last week and they were blown away. And my wife's excited to see it. So that's awesome. Uh, but about that Matt Reeves interview, I think you wanted to ask him. Uh... Yeah, was there anything that you didn't really get the chance to say to him? Like you know, I yeah, know it, it, yeah, it's so you know when you're on a junket. And you like those are like the junket style interviews. You usually have three or four minutes, maybe five. So I would have loved to have talked to him for 20 minutes. And that's why on our podcast, we usually talk to people a little bit longer. But when you get a chance to talk to Matt Reeves, you don't say no. But I would have loved to really talk to him about Planet of the Apes a bit more. Yes. Because I, 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 I love Matt Reeves' filmography. Well, I haven't seen Let Me In yet, his remake yeah. Let Me In, which I hear is fantastic. I just mm-hmm. watched Cloverfield uh, last week in, yeah. in the spirit of the Batman. But seriously, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, I feel uh have contributed to one of the just best trilogies i feel of all time i think that that planet oh, of the man. is exceptional uh, i am a again i'm a big planet of the apes fans yeah a fan i i i the the old movies to me i know some of them are goofy but they still hold up i think they're great the ape makeup is amazing yeah. and it's still like considering it was done like the 60s it's still yeah. great john was it john what was his name they, uh, they, John Goodman played him in Argo. Uh, yeah, Chambers who did the original. Uh, okay, makeup. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but it's but it's funny how you you know the fact that Matt Reeves can take a computer generated in like you know animal eight and make you feel for them, um, and the emotions you felt like that's that shows you that obviously he knows yeah. what he's doing. So, yeah, I, I would have loved to have had a chance to talk to him a bit more about that, but. Um, yeah, I, mean, I listen. He's he's great, you know. Um, and everything I got to ask him was I, I got to ask him what I needed to ask him, and you know, it's pretty much Batman. I mean, like, dude, like seeing Batman on screen for the first time and seeing him, you know, and when he comes on screen, like it's it it's, yeah. you know, you're asking me which my favorite Batman was. I, the one I grew up with, obviously, is one of the most nostalgic about. But he's the best Batman yet, 
hands down. Yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of quote, Rob uh, Pattinson is Batman, right? And then how does it feel for Warner Brothers to use your quote? Oh yeah, when I wrote Pattinson is perfection. Yeah, yeah I, okay, it's perfection. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I I was really happy. I mean, because because every time you see a movie, they they send you quotes. They they, they send you a request. Like, can you? Couldn't you send us some quotes? Okay. And, you know, sometimes you know you're they'll use them and you don't you don't know. But like when they posted that on on social media, I was like, oh, that's awesome! So that's I actually cool. I actually asked for a high res of it and I went to Bureau and Go and printed it just so I could <laughs> have it, like a physical copy, just to put away somewhere, you know, because it was that's cool. Amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this world so far. We're really going to dive deep into it. Spoilers very soon. Uh, but quickly, like seeing Matt Reeves as a visionary filmmaker and what he did with the Riddler in this film. Um, what other Batman characters would you really like to see in the sequels potentially? And that, that could really kind of uh, thrive in this particular world that he's created. You know, I think you gotta, he's got to take the approach of them being insane. And I think he's got to keep superpowers out of the universe, which, you know, like I really, and I know it's, it's doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I really would love to see Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. Joker come in there. A lot. Of, obviously, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but right. Yeah. Um, I think the Riddler. I think um, you know, I, like the thing is when you start getting into people like Mister Freeze, um, it gets really goofy. Yeah, Mister Freeze. I'd love to see a Mister Freeze, but I don't know how you do it without it being yeah. goofy. You know, so that's the problem. But I just like the idea of Detective Batman. You know, like, yeah. and I, I think the idea of the underworld. Forget about villains, but the underworld. Like, you know, him he just going after the underworld and. And black I think yeah. really what's cool. that like black mass Roman Sionis, like we're just crying. Yeah. All that stuff, you know, and, and yeah. scare. I'd love to see a version of scarecrow too. Cause I think scarecrow can be done as we saw with Nolan. I mean, scarecrow yeah. can be done in a way that it's, it doesn't have to be goofy, you know, but, um, but I love, I, I love, the, I love this. The best Gotham. It's, it's the Brilliant. best Batman. It feels dirty and gritty and, and like, you don't want to be there, you know, and it feels like it's, it's got dirt underneath its nails. So. 100%. Um, sure. I would love to see, uh, I, although really unfortunate, but a, a character like Mad Hatter could really mm -hmm. exist well in, in a, maybe as just as a small minor character at the beginning of the yeah. sequel, you know, just as a, as a man who just really like kidnaps women. Like it would, it's a, it's a very grounded, realistic kind of disturbing thing, but yeah, sure. I think it would really work well. Uh, a serious take on the Mad Hatter would be nice. Yeah. I think just having them be insane. Like a lot of the stuff that was, in that movie was taken from David Fincher. Like you could tell he's influenced by David exactly. Fincher and by seven and, and, and that creepiness, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think as long as they stick on that and I wish I, I, I wouldn't be, I know they probably won't, but I, I wouldn't even be upset if they pushed a bit more and they tried to go for maybe an R rating in one of the movies, but you, you got to also, you got to realize, at least I realized when I was watching it, like they really borrowed a lot from the Netflix daredevil vibe. I mean, yeah, I yeah like that tone. I can see that. That tone and, and the way, you know, like the way Matt Murdock and, and Daredevil, like when he's beating people up, he's beating them up. Yeah. I mean, the fight scenes, to me, the fight scenes in Daredevil, those three seasons are so well done. The choreography, everything about it is great. And when I was watching Pattinson, you know, beating people up, it, to me, it was like, ah, it felt, it really feels like, you know, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. And so, yeah, it was, it was nice. So, um, given that obviously music is so like integral to your life and such plays such a huge part in even your profession. Um, yeah. I was really curious. Like I loved the, uh, something in the way marketing the, the Nirvana song yeah. that they use yeah. in the trailers. Uh, and to see that actually be incorporated in the film was, it was a really nice surprise to me. Yeah. Not really bookend the movie, but they did play it twice at two very different points in Bruce's journey. 
So yeah. I want to know, like, what, what what are your thoughts on the inclusion of, of that song? And uh, also, I have Anthony and I really, really love musical scores. Like, yeah. I love listening to rock, 80s music. But then sure. also, like, musical scores. I listen to that all the time in my in my free time. I got to, yeah, like, I got to show you. I just got a bunch of these. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter, so I just got oh, yeah, same. Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, I that was got, a great uh, score. Oh, actually, Kills. I haven't seen Kills yet. And got Lost Themes. Have, oh, and cool. These are all, like, Carpenter's put out a bunch of these. Yeah. And it's just his themes that he's never used. Um, so I love soundtrack stuff. I mean, I really, really do. And I, I like this. I like this soundtrack. The only thing is that the Batman theme is two notes away from Darth Vader's Imperial March. Like the da 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 da, and 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 then you know it's da 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 da. So it's very similar and it's sinister and it works. But you know, Mondo. Uh, you guys know Mondo, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Mondo just put out the Batman soundtrack on vinyl yesterday. Yeah, I just saw that. And the they had two versions of it, and one version I went on it went on sale at one o'clock. I went on at one o five, and I'm like, oh, I'll be able to gone. <laughs> so I know I knew that soundtrack was going to be big, um, and it's a good soundtrack. It's really really good. I mean, I love soundtracks. So I thought the music, I thought the popular choices, like the popular music choices of Nirvana and stuff, that was really good. But the actual score was great. Yeah. I love the score. Honestly, while yes, you mentioning that it does sound very similar to the Imperial March, I think that really contributes a lot to the memorable the memorability. I can't speak the memorability of the theme. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. It's so easy to hum, and it just it's stayed. The whole soundtrack has been stuck in my head. I feel like I've been hearing the theme all weekend since I saw it. Michael Giacchino, yeah. Michael Giacchino's score, I absolutely loved. Riddler, Riddler's theme is basically a variation of Ave Maria. Yeah. Right. Oh, if nice. you listen to that carefully, you'll, you'll pick it up. Yeah. Account. Yeah. No, I think it was, listen, I love scores. I love the fact that they're so they're becoming more and more important to people as they listen. And like, this is an art that wasn't always respected, you know, but like, there's a lot of great scores from the eighties that were done um, for some movies that, that are monster scores. And a lot of people, you know, yes, yeah, scores have been important. Don't get me wrong. Like they, you know, guys like John Williams and, but there's, there's some really great scores that are out there um, for people to, to discover. Like the, like Dune, like the, like yeah. dude, the Dune score, Hans Zimmer's score. So fucking, excuse me. So good. <laughs> it's so, so good. I mean, uh, so I love, I love that stuff. Definitely. I, the score, the Batman score was great. Yeah. So like, for, even for me, like uh, Spider-Man and Batman are my two favorite heroes. Spider-Man first, yeah. then Batman a close second. But uh, I always found it interesting how Danny Elfman composed mm. the Spider-Man and Batman. Mm-hmm. Then of course we have Hans Zimmer who did the Amazing Spider-Man two and also worked with James Newton Howard uh, on, the on the Dark Knight trilogy and now yeah. also Michael uh, Giacchino doing uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy yeah. and now this new Batman variation. So I always find it, it that that correlation is really interesting. Yeah. Well, they're good, right? Towards those two characters. Yeah. yeah, and these and these guys obviously they're good. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, come on, it doesn't get bigger than Batman and and. Spider-Man for soundtracks, you know, and, and Danny Elfman's another guy. He's just great. I mean, yeah, I, I have a Beetlejuice uh, soundtrack signed by him and that's like Danny Elfman's amazing. Amazing. Back with Sam Raimi for Dr. Strange 2. I just, I can't wait for that movie now. It's- oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I really, I'm really, I love Sam Raimi. I just got the, uh, the, uh, the evil dead, the groovy collection. Oh, yeah. seen it. I was discouraged that they didn't include uh, Army of Darkness. Army yeah. of Darkness. That's why I didn't. I, didn't I think it, it was a rights thing, though. Or something but like it's probably yeah. Right. But I mean, really, for to get 
the first two in 4K and then that whole show, Ash versus Evil Dead. Like I didn't have any of them on DVD or anything. So I was like, all right, this is worth it. You know, but for someone to upgrade, if you've already bought them in 4K, it's it was a bit like uh, but then when Amazon put it up, it's like 85 bucks. I was like, I'm gonna get it. And the set's really nice too. So yeah, but I yeah, I, I I had the Army of Darkness, the Scream Factory one, so okay. it was oh, okay. Yeah. But, cool. but yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, why would you not include that in there? You know, it's like the it's like the Ghostbusters box. Like they did the new Ghostbusters box set, but they didn't put in the after or whatever the last the one, the horrible one. Yeah, the Afterlife. Yeah, I feel like just they probably didn't include it just for continuity's sake too. It's like you know, yeah, because it's not part. Of, yeah, it's clearly like. We're gonna throw Bill Murray out of a window and kill him. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly yeah. it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I think now is a really great opportunity to finally shift to spoilers. Uh, okay. We've said you haven't been able to talk about them on social media. Yeah. Yet. You haven't had an opportunity. So we know you're a busy man. Uh, so we don't want to keep you too too long. Let loose, man, Jason. Just 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 go nuts. Talk about anything that's spoiler related that you wanted to get off your chest for so long. I had um, so. I mean, spoilers. I mean, fuck. He's he's brutal. He's a brutal Batman. Yeah. Um. I love the fact that he's brutal. I love the fact when he's Bruce Wayne, he looks like he's been up all night. He doesn't look healthy. He looks like he's non-existent. He's glassed over. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. He wants to be. He wants vengeance. That's what. And you feel that. You really, really feel that. And granted, there's different point. Like he's he's at a different point as Batman than than we've seen most of the other Batmans we've seen have been more established Batmans that have been around for a while. This is like his second year as Batman, I guess. So, right. Or even, even in like Batman begins where it's like, he knows from the get go that he has to put on that Bruce Wayne mask, you know, for the sure. public yeah. persona. Yeah. But in this film, it's like, he, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't care. I saw a lot of people complaining about that. Bruce Wayne wasn't in it as much. It was only yeah. Batman. To me, like that was like a positive for me. Like, Oh yeah. Like he was in more Batman. <laughs> Yeah, of course. He was in he was in the suit all the time. In the other movies, yeah. like you felt like you had to get through this shit to get to the Batman. And exactly true. This was more this is the opposite. And um, there's one thing that I've never like, okay, so the, obviously the 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 surveillance tech with the the, the oh, yeah. uh, contact lenses. Oh my I mean God. That's awesome. Such a simple thing that I've never seen done in a movie before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Detective Vision was a huge part of the Batman Arkham video game series, right? Which we're huge fans of. Yeah. Okay. So, so I see. I see. I don't know anything about the video game, so I oh, never seriously. Oh, so that's so that they're awesome. You got to play those games. You're gonna love those yeah. games. Yeah. 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 So that so that's probably why to me it seemed like it was so fresh because like oh wow I've never seen that but seeing that in movie was great. Um, that scene when he's well. I guess they didn't call it Madison Square Garden, but they're in Madison Square Garden yeah. when he does that big fight. And yeah. when he's fighting in the rafters mm-hmm. and when he's down and he, you're like, he's, he's going to get killed. And he does that adrenaline sh- yeah. shot. Oh my God. And when he gets up, he's like, like that to me yeah. was amazing. So yeah. I love that. Um, I just liked, I liked all the re- interactions between him and Zoe Kravitz. I thought they're, it's my dog. I thought they were authentic. <laughs> I thought they were, um, they were they were real it didn't seem forced you know uh yeah i mean like i love the villains i love i loved um oh man i love falcone like yeah. uh, john turturro what a unconventional incredible character. so good but it worked so well oh like, yeah and the whole and the whole twist of him being catwoman's dad yeah and all that was just like wow you know it was it was really really good and i just thought i thought it was well done man i thought from from top to bottom it was solid it was a detective movie. Yeah. Um, 
I thought, you know, like a lot of superhero movies will go really hard at the beginning and then fall apart at the end. It didn't, you know, Yeah. I thought it was great. And I wanted more. And I've never been in a three hour movie that's felt like two. And that's the yeah, other thing. It genuinely felt like two fifteen to twenty. It really, for it sure. really didn't feel like a three. Like when I went when I went into the screening and it was like nine thirty. They're like, yeah, it's a three hour movie. I'm like on oh, my bladder. Like the whole thing was like. <laughs> but this time I was like, hey man, I I did not. I was good. I, I didn't. I, I you know I thought, I thought um, Anthony, Andy Circus was great as you know as um. Wish was as in Alfred. Yeah, wish yeah. was in Yeah, a lot of people were. I got a lot of people saying that. I heard that from a lot of people. I felt that um. I thought, you know, but him in the suit, man, like when he comes out of the shadows that first time and, and has that fight on the subway platform, yeah, like it's just amazing. Like he's the way, so. The, yeah. The way Reeves kind of plays with sound, especially I've never seen yeah. sound utilized so effectively in a Batman. Like the sound of his boots. Just, yeah. Just, oh, so yeah. Just like, oh, and, and the Batmobile too was really believable. Cause it felt like a hot, like just a hot rod car, yeah, you know, didn't feel of, like yeah. that he pimped out. Speaking of sound in the IMAX screening, like I swear to God, like you, yeah. it you you feel shooketh to your core. Like, you feel oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. watching dude, it, it dude. Insane. Like your whole body and and seat are like shaking, especially if you're yeah. really sitting in the right possible seat yeah. where the, the 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 front center speakers behind the screen are just blasting you in the chest. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's an immersive experience, and yeah, yeah. you know, I I there's been two movies that well, three movies, I guess I've seen in the last year that are like must-sees in the theater. Um, Dune, obviously. Yeah. Spider-Man, No Way Home. And, of course, of and this, you know, they all have to be seen in a theater. Definitely. Especially in IMAX. IMAX just adds to the experience. I find it was, oh, the sound was insane. It really does. It really does. And we're doing the VIP thing on Sunday and I'm right. excited. You know, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, VIP is basically like ultra AVX, but just with way more comfortable seats. So you'll you'll get a good uh, sound experience. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, that's what, and it's funny because I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't like Eternals as much is because I went to see Eternals again in the movie in the morning, and we saw it at the VIP at Cineplex at the at uh, Forum. Yeah, and and it was we were the first. I think it was just they just opened up, and they're like, "Well, we're going to screen it downstairs." I was like, "Oh, cool, I'm going to see the VIP cinema." This the seats recline. Yeah, and and uh, man, I think I think I might I must have nodded off because it was so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we saw Venom two in VIP, right? We saw Venom two, and which felt like uh, it hurt my wallet uh, even more just because the movie's so short. You're like, well, damn. the movie like, started and ended. And we like, started and no ended. Like, okay. Yeah, Venom was uh, Venom was a challenge. Venom was a challenge. Yeah. I, I, I I liked it, but you know, it was I a challenge. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough, sure. yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't like it. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, you're part of a vocal majority, so yeah. it's fine, you know. <laughs> I, I yeah, but it cool. still made a it made a boatload of money, so they don't it, care. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't the best movie. It definitely wasn't the best superhero movie I've seen. But there were moments that I liked, and I liked the first one better. I thought the second one was. Oh, a really? Good. Okay. And the, the yeah, the first Venom movie I thought was better than the last one, but I was happy because I my um, my buddies and Zarface had two songs in there, so okay. um, awesome. and I was really happy about. It. And then Tom Hardy raps on their project um he raps oh, yeah and he's the one who he handpicked he handpicked having them in that movie so it was kind of that's cool. that's that's awesome that's a cool yeah. Little yeah he's got a he's got yeah he's he goes under a name face puller okay. or freddie or freddie pulitzer but that's his rap name yeah cool okay and a lot of people yeah. don't know that yeah well well you've heard it here folks uh, on the reference point podcast i'm already in the rap you want to hear Tom Hardy rap, man? He he can rap. It's it, they keep it under wraps, and I mean it's it's speculated, but I mean it's Tom Hardy, and he's he can rap. He, he's really good. 
So if you listen to Venom, if you look for it's so much funnier. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, you like the movie more. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's what made me like it more. It's like, oh, he can rap. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Sure. Um, you know what is a standout for me in the Batman, dude? Colin Farrell as the Penguin is like neck. Yeah. yeah, dude, he's unrecognizable. Um, it, that, that's the word that's constantly being thrown around. Unrecognizable. Yeah. Can't tell yeah. man. It's, and like a lot of people are saying too that oh this 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 Batman while yes of course it is dark it's a Batman film done right in my opinion a lot of people are saying it's it's nihilistic it's dour there's no lighthearted uh, tone to it whatsoever I, I disagree I think there's a, a lot of really really great moments of humor come from character and I, and I think yeah. Cobblepot really contributes to but that really really well I think the movie ends on a real hopeful it note does too like they call it nihilistic well, yeah, so extreme and yeah it's untrue. like you're I feel like people are just kind of missing. Bruce's entire arc. Like, yeah. yes, I know he gives it via monologue at the end of the movie, which isn't maybe perhaps the most compelling way of showing how a character's grown, but I mean... But, but that felt like a comic to me, so it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Like, and it also feels more like a detective film as well. Right? Yeah, like almost straight out of Batman Eagle too. So Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, he, he had a... Uh, there's a bit of a vibe with him that, um, you know, it, it like if you're dressing up as a you know, if you're dressing up as a bat to, to, and fighting crime, like your, your existence is not going to be a happy one. You're going to be miserable. <laughs> like you're surrounded by garbage all the time. So what do you expect? I mean, you can't expect this guy to be uplifted. And, and I think it was, it was, you know, it's someone that's, that's looking to to punish and looking to, to get, you know, revenge for something like he's, he's basically, you know, working through his problems on, on other people's basis. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and finding his way of saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, you know, I'm fighting for, for something, but I think he finds his way at the end. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously that is that big scene with the flare and he starts helping people out and then that's it's like, oh, okay, there's the, there's the Batman that we're going to, you know, we're going to, this is who we're going to see in the next few movies is this Batman. So it's, a, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I think Pattinson's performance, especially, um, in the scene when after he, right, right after he pummels that Riddler goon and yeah. uh, Gordon takes off the guy's mask and he's like, who the hell are you supposed to be? And he's like, I'm vengeance. And then yeah. when you see how it sits on on Pattinson's face, like, yeah. oh no, what have I done? This this yeah. is what I've become, and this is what I've allowed the city to become as yep. well. Uh, I have to be greater than that, you know. So I thought that was a really really uh, profound moment. I, I love and that's it. when he goes and he saves with the flare, like saves all those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay. and it's funny because there was a lot of a lot of like it, there were a lot of nods to Nolan's trilogy. I think there's sure. a lot of like I think Nolan was a trailblazer to to create a universe like that for Batman. Yeah. I just think that you can't compare as much as I love Christian Bale and I love, and I love the Christian, I love that trilogy, but you just can't compare Pattinson with, with um, Christian Bale. I mean, Pattinson is so much better in the suit. And, and it's funny because I've rewatched the movies. I rewatched the Nolan trilogy. Well, the first two, I didn't rewatch the last one, but recently, like, like maybe a month ago. And I couldn't, I just like, he's the best Bruce Wayne. Like, Christian yeah. Bale to me is Bruce Wayne is like, he's Bruce Wayne. Like next level. Yeah. He's, got the yeah, he's like, like he just has the right, he has the right way to be an arrogant, you know, aristocrat. Like he knows how to, and, but man, like in the suit, you know, just looking at him in the suit and just the way the cowl is and that neck thing and just the voice, like I can't, it doesn't, it did not age well. It just yeah. didn't age well. I, I like and, that Pattinson has like the open cowl. It looks so much better. Same, same. Yeah. Just the whole chin just looks better. But also just yeah. with Pattinson, like he, 
he has the opportunity and the potential to then become the best Bruce Wayne. I'm really curious to see where yeah. they go with oh, And I think he will. I think he, I think will. he will. Yeah. I think he will. And I think that to me, the big the, the weakest thing about Batman has always been seeing him in the suit. It's always looked goofy. It's never been like this is amazing. You it's always what? been a bit he can never turn his neck. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. That, exactly. <laughs> like is, no. And this is the first, and then you know, Affleck, there was some hope, but man, no. I mean, it looked like a big blue fish suit at one point. It just looked awful. <laughs> yeah, in the Justice League movie, the theatrical one, he looked I mean, bad. they fit, they they did do a better job once they got Snyder's cut. But I mean, at that yeah. point, it's like you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, when a show is in its second season and you're, and it ends on a cliffhanger and yeah. you're hoping there's a third season and they cancel it. Yeah. So to me, the justice league and that whole thing is kind of like seeing a show that you want to watch that you haven't watched. There's two seasons and you know, the third one's never coming. I'm not even going to invest any time into that. Yeah. That happens to me a lot where I'm like, I'm not watching that because I know that I'm not going to get an ending. And I, I have the same problem with the show that I know ends in such a terrible way. Yeah. The rest of this like series is so fantastic. Yeah. Like yeah. personally, I wasn't a huge fan of the final season of game of Thrones. I mean, yeah. I, I knew you, I knew, I knew you were going to say, that. you know what I mean? Game of Thrones so like, comes up. <laughs> I invested so much time and do I regret watching it? No, absolutely. No, no. I think it was so incredible, but I have a much harder time recommending the show now knowing the way it ends. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, to be honest, I and I just watched it with my wife because she's a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I got it for like two years ago, I got it for on 4K to to watch it because I've never been, we've never been able to see it properly because it's streaming. So it just looks like shit. But then when you watch the show, because there's so much, especially that last season, it's so dark. Yeah, um, that to watch it in 4K, it's like wow. It's it's it, if you haven't watched it in 4K, it's worth a rewatch just 100%. for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the cinematographer really uh, honed in on that. Like you know, how most people's TVs aren't properly calibrated. Number one, number no. two, uh, you're streaming it, so like the the, the bit that it just doesn't look as good. You know, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So on 4K, uh, think, uh, funny you know, enough, with HDR, it really allows that to kind of funny uh, enough. The yeah. cinematographer is similar on Justice League. So oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. Speaking of the cinematography, that you mentioned that. cinematography in the Batman, dude, Frazier is like great. killing yeah. June, man. Like this guy's crushing it. Like this guy, yeah. Mando season one also. Mando season one, he did it. Did, did he do the whole season or did a couple of episodes? I know he. I think he did all, but like, okay. not hundred percent certain. But I know he did most of it. And regardless, I, I love what he's doing. Um, yeah, can we see more of his work? Uh, but uh, before you had mentioned, uh, obviously, how you weren't a fan of Eternals, are you a little bit worried with the casting of uh, who's basically playing this? proto joker who's uh who's there at arkham uh at the end of uh, the no i think he's a great actor and and i just i don't know man i part of me is like i know they can but part of me is like i think they're throwing us they might be throwing a loop in there they might be like going i think they might be leading us down um a wild goose chase or or like maybe they're messing with us because i don't know when i i know i know i know he's joker he's joker but then when i when i looked it was like kind of looks like two-face Okay. Yeah, I could online say that. Uh, yeah, because I think nothing would be great better than to dupe everybody and then have Joaquin Phoenix come in. Because I, I, I still think, I'm telling you, man, money talks, and I still think that with the success of this Batman, the idea of seeing Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson acting together, they're both great actors, and Pattinson's really respected on in the indie cin- in the indie cinema scene, like big time, man. Like, good you know, time. the lighthouse. Lighthouse is one lighthouse. of my favorite lighthouse, yeah. my favorite movies. Good time, um, you know, Tenant. He's been, you know, he's been in so many good movies, and he's great. So, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we see them on screen together one day. I'm telling you, even if this is, even if this is a version of the Joker and he's like, was influenced by that Joker, like who knows, but I, yeah, I there could always be multiple Jokers. Like, like in the yeah. comics, there's three Jokers, you know, you never know. <laughs> I right. Was, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the screening of the film, I, I feel I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's the Joker cameo. Fantastic. Yeah. And another Joker. Yeah. But uh, yeah. after hearing what Matt Reeves uh, said about his interpretation of the character, uh, yeah. there's a, little, a whole lengthy and, article with IGN. And that how we, it helped uh, the Riddler's arc too helped wrap that yeah. up too. So I was like, okay, yeah. you know, and then on, on subsequent viewings, I, I learned to appreciate that sequence a little bit, yeah. uh, a little bit more. Sure. I, I was interested, but there's a deleted scene uh, that Matt Reeves had to cut by his own choice, he he said he loved the scene, but it just didn't work in the in the greater context of the film. Did you hear what that was? No, what is it? Uh, so basically, Batman ends up going to Arkham like earlier on in the film uh, to speak with a prisoner who he had caught in his first year of crime fighting, and then we soon discovered that it was that proto version yeah. of Joker. And he goes okay. to speak to him to basically get advice on how to capture this other killer. So uh, very Silence of the Lambs kind of like Hannibal Lecter, yeah. uh, right? So that, right, that right, sounded right. really cool. He said he's going to release yeah, it. Yeah, he so. said fuck me on the Blu-ray show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. But. Yeah, no, it, it it was it was really good, man, and I'm I'm excited that people are are buying into it and that I'm excited that it's not getting. I mean, there's always the haters, but that's just life. But honestly, there was very few. Like I, I everything I've seen has been positive, and even people that I had one buddy that saw it, and he's like, oh, I think that I wasn't sure, and then he goes, I saw it a second time because my kid really wanted to see it, and he goes, it's really good. So. Yeah, I think it does improve uh, no, on subsequent years. I saw a lot of people who said that they don't like Batman movies. It's like, oh, they reboot him too much. On. And then they saw this movie. Yeah. Like, oh, it was amazing. Like, they loved it. Well, I felt that way too. But then when I saw Pattinson was cast, I was like, it's going to be great. Because I, I have yeah, had I full faith in him. And these yeah. people going on about the Twilight thing, it's like, give that a rest. Like, no, the, the guy's oh. an amazing actor. It's like Leo. When Leo was, you know, he did Romeo and Juliet. And, titanic and people were, people were like oh you know leo but now look at leo like he's one of the most respected actors in hollywood so look at kirsten stewart is nominated for an academy award i believe yeah exactly too, so like you know yeah they no, they're, they're good they're actors past. you know yeah. and pattinson's like look i hate the twilight movies i'm gonna pretend i like them they're awful <laughs> but but it's just he's he's a great actor he's a great actor and and man the lighthouse is one of my favorite movies you know the two of them, like him and Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe. Just, Willem Dafoe. my hero. <laughs> yeah, Willem Dafoe is, uh, love Willem Dafoe. Yeah, sabbatical. I mean, yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah, I love him. Um, otherwise, I, I feel like, like we know you're a very, very busy man, Jason. We don't want to keep uh, keep you for too, too long. Is there uh, anything else that you feel you want to get off your chest, or uh, this might be a good place to, to slowly start? About Batman, I mean, I I just think that it was. I I think people need to see it. Um, and I think that it's. I'm looking forward to seeing the, on a second watch because it's been a while now since I saw the since I saw it the first time, and I'm I'm anxious to see if I pick up on anything after you know. You will, I, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, there's an sorry, I want to cut you off. There's no, a, an me. establishing shot, and I only noticed this on my third viewing. <laughs> there's an establishing shot of like the iceberg lounge and then some apartment buildings, and I think yeah. there's like a train track overpass too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you could see in the top left corner the Riddler in that apartment building taking photos of the iceberg lounge. Oh, nice. Because so, yeah. like, that's the evidence that they're using, right? It was sure. Like, sure. Couple pod, like exiting the iceberg lounge and whatnot. So you see him in the frame taking photos and it's very yeah. hard. It's very easy to miss. So and yeah, Paul, Paul Dano too, man. He's just, he was great. He was great. Uh, as the Riddler. He was amazing. He was I, I love the interpretation how like, yes, it is very Zodiac killer esque, mm -hmm. but 
they still gave him a lot of room to, to play and explore the eccentricity of uh, the Riddler that maybe we've even seen a little bit with Jim Carrey, that, him doing, or even in the mm-hmm. Batman Arkham video game series. Or the animated series. Yeah, the animated, well, animated series is a little bit more collected, I, I felt, no? Or maybe I it's more, it's in line with the Arkham. Anyway, but more, <laughs> so, and that, to me, the Arkham video games version of the Riddler uh, is like my favorite version of that character. Yeah. So they really allowed Paul Dano the Abby Maria, <laughs> like yeah. that, yeah. that whole misdirection too, with him, uh, with Bruce thinking that uh, the Riddler knows his secret identity. And that's what kind of like uh, throws him off the, uh, the, the investigation. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. it shows up. Yeah. It's fantastic. But that, uh, incredible. And you really do appreciate more, uh, appreciate it more in your second. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Man. Uh, well, look, bro, um, honestly, uh, number one, I got to give a huge thanks to Kyle uh, for, for putting this together. We're really, really appreciative to him. Uh, and of course, we're really, really uh, thankful and grateful uh, to you for coming on and talking to us about the Batman. Um, yeah. So uh, quickly, uh, you know, uh, where, where can we find you? Maybe on social media, if you want to plug anything for, for our viewers. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can find the, the it's um, on social, on Instagram. It's the real Jason Rockman, okay. Facebook too. Uh podcast is the rockman power hour you can get it wherever you stream your podcast or on youtube um and we drop new episodes every monday me and my my um my co-host ryan and uh got some cool stuff coming up we got ivan from men without hats we got alex lifeson from rush oh Um, yeah got some really cool people coming up and uh, we just did an episode for international women's day with uh, taylor momsen from pretty reckless and a bunch of other great female artists so yeah man just check that out and and on show five nights a week (laughs) monday to friday Always loving it. Keep up with the amazing content, Jason. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care. All right, man. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy.